0: This week, Ridley Jones and Teresa Scott are the divorced detectives in The Deadly Wives Club. But first, the famous incredible crime-solving duo, Detective Sherlock Holmes, with his loyal and trusted sidekick, Dr. Watson, investigate in Arthur Conan Doyle's The Solitary Cyclist.
1: In the years 1894 to 1901 inclusive, Mr. Sherlock Holmes was a very busy man. It is safe to say there was no public case of any difficulty in which he was not consulted during those eight years. And there were hundreds of private cases, some of them of the most intricate and extraordinary character in which he played a prominent part. Many startling successes and a few unavoidable failures were the outcome of this long period of continuous work. As I have preserved very full notes of all these cases, and was myself personally engaged in many of them, it may be imagined that it is no easy task to know which I should select to lay before the public. I shall, however, preserve my former rule, and give the preference to those cases which derive their interest not so much from the brutality of the crime as from the ingenuity and dramatic quality of the solution. Referring to my notebook for the year 1895, I find that it was upon Saturday the 23rd of April that we first heard of Miss Violet Smith.
0: Her visit was, I remember, extremely unwelcome to Holmes, for he was... Immersed at the moment in a very abstruse and complicated problem, Watson, concerning the persecution of John Vincent Harder, A well-known tobacco millionaire. And cannot, simply cannot be disturbed. So, would you kindly inform the waiting lady that...
2: Oh, Mr. Holmes, I am so sorry to interrupt. Well, excuse me, Miss, but perhaps another time... Well, I wouldn't time margin to... upon you, Mr. Holmes, if I didn't feel you were the only person in the world who could help me. Indeed. If only you could spare a few moments of your time.
1: I knew my friend resented any distraction from the matter in hand, but perhaps Miss Violet's mis- imploring manner and, and graceful beauty, plus the evident force it would take to remove her from the room persuaded Holmes that he might spare some precious moments to listen to the rather determined young lady. And so, with a weary smile, Holmes begged the beautiful
0: intruder to... Take a seat, please, Miss...
2: Miss Violet Smith,
0: thank you. Close the door, Watson, please. It's certainly hands... At least it cannot be your health, Miss Smith. So ardent, a cyclist must be full of energy.
2: Yes, I bicycle a good deal, Mr Holmes, and that has something to do with my visit to you today. But how did you know?
0: I simply observed the slight roughening on the side of the sole caused by the friction at the edge of the pedal.
2: Gracious, so there is. Remarkable. That's most remarkable, isn't it, Dr Watson?
0: Remarkable, yes, but believe me, it gets less remarkable after a time. <laughs> You came by train, sitting, I believe, on the right-hand side of the carriage. You do not smoke, Miss Smith.
2: Oh, no, Mr. Holmes, but I did sit on the right-hand side. But how did you know? You sat
0: opposite a gentleman, I presume, who was smoking, and it happened to be a very large cigar, judging by the flakes of ash that even now have caught (laughs) hold of your lace at the cuffs and shrew.
2: Oh, yes, a most hideous cigar. Allow me. Oh, there. Why, thank you, Mr. Holmes.
0: It would be interesting to explain to you the many various varieties of ash, Miss Smith. A fascinating subject, and one of my most interesting papers, but I fear Watson will never forgive me. you fear correctly, Holmes. (laughs) Your hand, Miss Smith. You will excuse me, I am sure. It is my business. Please, remove your glove. Yes, I see. What do you see, Mr Holmes? I nearly fell into the error of supposing that you were typewriting. (laughs) Ha ha! Of course, it is obvious that it is music. You observe the spatulate finger end, Watson, which is common to both professions. (laughs) There is a spirituality about the face, however, which the typewriter does not generate. This lady... Is a musician?
2: Yes, Mr. Holmes, I teach music.
0: (laughs) In the country, I presume, from your complexion?
2: Yes, sir, near Farnham, on the borders of Surrey. Ah,
0: ha, ha! A beautiful neighbourhood, and full of the most interesting associations. You remember, Watson, that it was near there that we took... Archie at the forger! Indeed! (laughs) (laughs) Um... (laughs) Ah, yes, now, Miss Violet Smith, what has happened to you, near Farnham, on the borders of Surrey? that brings you to me.
2: Well, Mr. Holmes, when my father died, my mother and I were left very poor. Oh,
0: I'm sorry, Miss Smith.
2: Well, we have managed as best we can. You can imagine how excited we were and there were when there was an advertisement in the paper asking our whereabouts. I went to the solicitor... Oh, uh, excuse he... me,
0: uh, but uh, when was this interview?
2: Last December, four months ago.
0: Four months... I, I see... Pray proceed.
2: Well, there I met a Mr Carruthers Mm -hmm. and a Mr Woodley. Now, they said they knew my uncle, Ralph Smith, who had recently died in poverty, but he had implored these gentlemen to look after us. Mother and I thought it strange as our uncle never contacted us when Father was alive, but evidently he was concerned as we were all alone.
0: And what were these uh, gentlemen like, Miss Smith?
2: Well, uh, Mr Woodley was a most odious man. He was forever making eyes at me, of course puffy-faced, red-moustached young man oh. with his hair plastered down on each side of his forehead. Well. Uh, I just thought he was perfectly hateful <laughs> and I was sure that Cyril would not wish me to know such a person.
0: Cyril is your betrothed, I gather? Yes,
2: Mr Holmes. Cyril Morton, an electrical engineer, oh. and we hope to be married at the end of the summer. Ah. Oh.
0: This other gentleman, Mr Uh, Carruthers, what was he like?
2: Oh, he was a much older man, but much more agreeable. He was polite in his manners and he had a pleasant smile. Mm -hmm. To help us, he suggested I should teach music to his daughter and he would pay me £100 a year.
1: A tidy sum indeed. So, you took the position? Oh,
2: yes, Mr Holmes, I went down to Chilton Grange, about six miles from Farnham. Mm -hmm. Oh, the child was a dear and everything promised well. Mr Carruthers was very kind and very musical. And we had most pleasant evenings together. And every weekend I went home to mother in town.
0: And yet there is a
2: problem. Yes. The first floor in my happiness was the arrival of the red-moustached Mr Woodley. He came for a visit of a week and, oh, it felt like three months to me. He was such a bully to everyone. Then one evening, we were left alone, and he said that... If you
0: marry me... (laughs) You will have the the finest diamonds in London.
2: (laughs) And finally, when I would have nothing to do with him, he seized me in his arms one day after dinner. He was hideously strong, and he swore that he would not... Let you go till you give me a kiss. Well, I managed to right myself, Mr. Holmes, and I gave him a vicious kick in the shin. Oh!
0: (laughs) Well done! Bravo! He
2: was so shocked, but then he came at me again. I was ready this time, and I stood my ground, but he was strong as an ox, and I feared the worst. (laughs) Just then, Mr. Carruthers came in. Oh, what in heaven's name? He tore him off from me, me. on which he turned upon his own host, knocking him down and cutting his face open. Ah. Well, that was the end of his visit, as you can imagine. Mr Carruthers apologised to me the next day and and swore that I would never be exposed to such an insult again, and I have not seen Mr Woodley since. What an odious man. Oh, yes, Dr Watson.
0: But there is something more to your tale, Miss Smith.
2: Yes, Mr Holmes, and the reason I come to you today. Hmm. Every Saturday forenoon I ride my bicycle to Farnham Station in order to get the 12.22 to town. And for the past two weeks... I have been followed by a solitary cyclist.
0: Good gracious. Please explain, Miss Smith.
2: Whenever I look over my shoulder, Mr. Holmes, on that spooky stretch of road, there is a man following on his bicycle. On every occasion he wears a cloth cap and a dark suit, and the only thing about his face I can see clearly is a dark beard.
1: How strange.
2: This morning, I was determined to confront him. There was a sharp turning off the road, so I pedalled very quickly round this, stopped and waited, but...
0: The man never appeared, Miss
2: Smith. No, no, Mr. Holmes. Mm -hmm. And when I looked round the corner, I could see a mile of road, but he was not on it. To make it more extraordinary, there was no side road down which he could have gone. He seemed to have vanished.
0: Hmm. This case certainly presents some features of its own. How much time elapsed between your turning the corner and your discovery that the road was clear?
2: Two or three minutes.
0: Then he could not have retreated down the road. And as you say, there are no side roads? No. Yeah, well, but then he certainly took a footpath on one side or the
2: other. Well, it could not have been on the side of the heath, or I should have seen him.
0: Anything else?
2: Oh, no, Mr. Holmes. Save that I was so perplexed I felt I should not be happy until I had seen you and had your advice. <laughs>
0: What does uh, Carruthers do for a living?
2: Oh, he is a rich man. Ha! Yet! Mm-hmm. Watson! No carriages or horses! Oh, well, he, at least he is fairly well-to-do. He goes into the city two or three times a week. He is deeply interested in South African gold chairs. Oh,
0: yes. <laughs> you will let me know any fresh developments, Miss Smith. Smith, I am very busy just now, but I'll find time to make some inquiries into your case.
2: You mean you will help me? Yes, of course, please. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Holmes.
0: In the meantime, take no step without letting me know. Goodbye, and I trust that we shall have nothing but good news for you. <laughs> it's part of the uh, settled order of nature that such a girl should have followers.
1: Well, yes, indeed. Well, quite a few, I would imagine.
0: Now, where's my pipe? Oh, yes. Hmm. Let me think. admirers by choice Watson and not on bicycles in lonely country roads
1: some secretive lover perhaps
0: Holmes. what do you think is the most curious and suggestive detail about the case Watson well, I would say that this strange cyclist should appear only at that point in the road exactly Watson, exactly our first effort must be to find out who are the tenants of Charlington Hall and what's the connection between Carruthers and Woodley since they appear to be men of such a different type And why were they so keen to look up Ralph Smith's relations? One more point. What sort of a household is it which pays double the market price for a governess but does not keep a horse and trapper that's situated six miles from the station? Odd, Watson. Very odd. You will go down, Holmes? No, my dear fellow, you will go down. Me? Oh, yes, of course. This may be some trifling intrigue, and I cannot break my other important research for the sake of it. On Monday, you will arrive early at Farnham. You will conceal yourself near Chartington Heath, and you will observe these facts for yourself, and act as your own judgment advises. Then, having inquired as to the occupants of the hall, you will come back to me and report. But Holmes, I... And now I, I... Not another word on the matter until we have a few solid stepping stones on which we may hope to get across to our solution? I have another problem to take care of, and I will not be distracted by intrusive guests. I see. Beautiful or not,
1: I started early on the Monday and caught the 913 train to Waterloo. At Farnham station, I had no difficulty being directed to Charlington Heath. It was impossible to mistake the scene of the young lady's adventure. The road runs between the open heath on the one side and an old yew hedge upon the other, surrounding a park which is studded with magnificent trees. The heath was covered with golden patches of flowering gauze, gleaming magnificently in the light of the bright spring sunshine.
2: <laughs>
1: Behind one of these clumps I took up my position so as to command both the gateway of the hall and a long stretch of the road upon either side. The road had been deserted when I left it, but now I saw a cyclist riding down it from the opposite direction to that in which I had come. There he was, as described by Miss Smith, a man in a dark suit, and I saw he he had a black beard. He sprang from his machine and led it through a gap in the hedge, disappearing from my view. A quarter of an hour passed, and then a second cyclist appeared. (laughs) This time it was Miss Smith coming from the station. I saw her look about her as she came to the Charlington hedge. An instant later, the man emerged from his hiding place, sprang upon his cycle, and followed her. They were the only moving figures. The graceful girl sitting very straight upon her machine and the man behind her bending low over his handlebar with a curiously furtive suggestion in every movement. She looked back at him and slowed her pace. He slowed also. She stopped. He had once stopped too, keeping 200 yards behind her. Her next movement was as unexpected as it was spirited. She suddenly whisked her wheels round and dashed straight at him. But he was as quick as she, however, and darted off in desperate flight. (laughs) Presently, she came back up the road again, her head haughtily in the air, not deigning to take any further notice of her silent attendant. He had turned also, and still kept his distance until the curve of the road hid them from my sight. I remained in my hiding place, and it was well that I did so, for presently the man reappeared, cycling slowly back. He turned in at the hall gates and dismounted from his machine. For some few minutes I could see him standing among the trees. His hands were raised and... He seemed to be settling his necktie. Then he mounted his cycle and rode away from me down the drive towards the hall, and I saw no more of my man. However, it seemed to me that I'd done a fairly good morning's work, and I walked back in high spirits
0: to Farnham and asked you to London House Agents... A good morning's work? Your hiding place, my dear Watson, was very faulty. You should have been behind the hedge. Then you would have had a close view of this interesting person. As it were, you were some hundreds of yards away and can tell me even less than Miss Smith. really had ideas. She exactly. thinks she does not know the man. I'm convinced she does. Why, otherwise, should he be so desperately anxious that she should get so near him as to, as to see his features? You describe him as bending over the handlebars. Concealment again, you see. You really have done remarkably badly. I verified her Which story. Which was never in doubt. Hmm? He returns to the house and you want to find out who he is. You come to a London house agent who, I presume, could tell you nothing that we did not already know. They told me that the tenant of the country house is a Mr Williamson who is elderly. Would I'm... not be able to ride a bicycle unless you tied him to it. Well, <laughs> yes. A singularly waste of time. Oh, well, what, what should I have done? Should have gone to the nearest public house. That's the centre of country gossip. They would have told you every name from the from the master to the scullery I maid. I thought it important information What master, have the... we gained by your expedition? The knowledge that the girl's story is true. Well, I never doubted that. That there is a connection between the cyclists and the hall. Well, I never doubted that either. That the hall is tenanted by Williamson. Well, who's the better for that? Well, if you wanted something to do to your
1: own satisfaction then, Holmes, you should have gone yourself rather than sending an underling. Yes, I know. Good.
0: It was obviously elementary, my dear Holmes. Yes, something like that, yes. Well, well, my dear sir, don't look so depressed. We can do little more until next Saturday. And in the meantime, I may make one or two inquiries of my own. I trust your inquiries will give you what you need. Yes, well, I trust so. Now... How about we call Mrs Hudson and order some tea and have a smoke a while and, and catch up on all the local gossip in the newspapers, eh? Come on, Watson, I trust you with my life. Yeah, hmm? yeah. With my life! <laughs> you know that. Let's forget all about your, uh, the shortcomings. <laughs> until we may act. Strong tea and milk? <laughs> Undoubtedly. Thank you, Holmes, that will be delightful. <laughs>
1: It's marvellous. Oh, Emily, dear. <laughs> wonderful.
2: Very good, Emily. Oh, she
1: really has come on with her play. It's a wonderful. Thing. Now, no, off you go to bed, Emily. Oh. Quick, sticks. Uh, I will come and say goodnight. I, I just want a quick word with
2: Miss Smith before I do. Goodnight, dear. Nighty-night, Father.
1: <laughs> night, Miss Smith. Thank you for being such a guiding light to my daughter. Emily has really taken to you.
2: Oh, she is delightful. No trouble at all. We
1: all get along very well, it seems.
2: (laughs) Yes, we do, Mr Carruthers, indeed.
1: I, uh... I, uh... I wanted to ask you something, Miss Smith, and uh, please consider my question seriously before you answer.
2: Well, of course, Mr Carruthers.
1: So, therefore, (laughs) I, uh... I wondered... I wondered if you would accept to be my wife...
2: Mr. Carruthers,
1: please do not answer now. I I have enough for us to live on, and remain here if you wish. I I would, of course, converse with your mother. Mr. Carruthers,
2: as I have already informed you, I am spoken for, and cannot break my promise. I thought perhaps I am in love with someone else, Mr. Carruthers. I'm sorry, but there it is.
1: He could look after you, can he? That's
2: not important. We will manage. I thank you for your proposal, but please do not ask me again. I would find my working here very difficult, very difficult indeed.
1: Yes, of course. I'm sorry, Miss Smith. Forgive me.
2: There is no need to apologise, Mr Carruthers. I believe your intentions are... Well, I believe you have only the best of intentions. Yes.
1: Well, yes, indeed. Well, thank you, Miss Smith, for taking my proposal seriously. And, yes, thank you.
2: Good night, Miss Smith. Good night. So difficult.
0: File and postmark Watson posted uh, at 7.02 p.m. Uh, uh, Our young friend seems to be getting into deep waters. Carruthers uh, proposed to her. Uh,
1: according to her letter here, she turned him down. and mm. she must be under a considerable
0: strain. Yes, this case certainly presents more features of interest and more possibility of developments than I had originally thought. Now, where did I leave my hat and coat? Ah! Now, where are you going, Holmes? Well, I should be none the worse for a um, quiet, peaceful day in the country, and I'm inclined to run down this afternoon and test one or two theories which I have formed. I will uh, see you this evening, Watson. Very well, Holmes.
1: I managed to fill my day with my medical duties, and in the evening settled myself to study a book on rather rare tropical diseases, of which I was fascinated, but I admit, had one eye on the door as to Holmes's return. He finally arrived at Baker Street late in the evening.
0: Ah, Watson, Holmes! Oh my gracious! Whatever happened to your lip? <laughs> oh yes, the country air always good for one's health. And you have a very ugly lump on that forehead. Do I? Ooh, ouch! Yes, go. Wait till I get my bag, please. Sit down. <sighs> I get so little active exercise that it's always a treat. Now, oh, let's see. The uh, birds. Uh, 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 yes, here we are. <laughs> you are aware I have some proficiency in the good old British sport of boxing. Occasionally it is of service. For, for today, example, I, I should have come to a very sticky end without it. Are you telling me you should have seen the other fellow, Holmes? <laughs> Indeed I am, Watson. Indeed I am. You need a, a few more of your ointments for him. Sorry, Holmes, just dabbing that rather ugly bruise. Ah, Sorry. mm. Uh, So, please do tell me what happened. The country pub, Watson, the country pub. As I told you, inquire within and you will be satisfied. I did, I was. Well, looking at you, I'm glad I stayed behind the shrubbery. (laughs) Ow! Sorry, sorry. I was at the bar, making my discreet inquiries. Williamson is a white-bearded man living at the hall. There is some rumour he is, or used to be, a clergyman. But one or two incidents of his short residence at the hall struck me as peculiarly un Ow, oh, What's an owl? Sorry, Holmes. Last dab. Ah, The landlord further informed me that there are usually weekend visitors. A warm lot, sir, he said. You can see him, can't you? <laughs> a warm lot, sir. He's doing that one A war- apron. A warm lot, sir, he said. And one visitor at the hall is a gentleman with a red moustache. A Mr. Woodley by name, who is always there. Uh, Mr. Woodley, the same man who's been bullying Miss Smith. Indeed, Watson, indeed. We got as far as this when who should walk in, but Mr. Woodley himself, who'd been drinking his beer in the taproom and had heard the whole conversation. Good gracious. Who was I? What did I want? What did I mean by asking questions? He had a fine flow of language, I can tell you, and his adjectives were very vigorous. He ended a string of abuse by a vicious backhander, which I failed to entirely avoid. (laughs) hence the lip yes the next few minutes were delicious it was a straight left against the slogging ruffian a left, a right he got in a left then I threw an uppercut to the abdomen he tried a backhand into my head I skipped nimbly to his right straight left, straight right one, two and he was over I emerged as you see me and Mr Woodley went home in a cart
1: Sounds as though Mr Woodley got what he deserved Holmes Indeed
0: (laughs) So ended my country trip And it must be confessed that however enjoyable My day on the Surrey border Has not been much more profitable than your own Apology accepted Holmes Or as near an apology as I'm likely to get I'm afraid we must play the waiting game Once more
1: Out! Out! One, two,
0: one, three! Oh! I'm oh, glad I caught you. The poster arrived just after you departed. Look.
2: Farnham. You will not be surprised, Mr. Holmes, to hear that I'm leaving Mr. Carruthers' employment. On Saturday, I come to town, and I do not intend to return. Mr. Carruthers has got a trap, and so the dangers of the lonely road are now over. As to the special cause of my leaving, well, it is not merely the strange situation with Mr Carruthers, but it is the reappearance of that odious man, Mr Woodley. He was always hideous, but he looks more awful than ever now, as he is much disfigured, as though he has been in a fight.
1: Strange, that Holmes.
0: Yes, very curious, Watson.
2: I would sooner have a savage wild animal loose about the place. I loathe and fear him more than I can say, Mr Holmes. How can Mr Carruthers endure such a creature for a moment? However, all my troubles will be over on Saturday.
0: So I trust, Watson, so I trust. Well, surely she'll be safe now that she's leaving. There's some deep intrigue going on around that little woman, Watson. And it is our duty to see that no one abducts her upon that last journey. Ah, I confess, and I, I've not taken a very serious
1: view of this case so far. Oh. But it is grotesque, of course, and strange, too... But apart from that one time Miss Smith bought off the attentions of Mr Woodley, she's not been molested or attacked. And, and the solitary cycle is obviously one of the weekend guests. Who, who is following her for a prank, Watson? Well, it is odd, of course. But, but again, Miss
0: Smith has come to no harm. I think, Watson, that we must spare time to run down together on Saturday morning and make sure this curious and inconclusive investigation has no untoward ending. Really? How did... Untoward ending, Miss Violet Smith, Watson, is in very great danger. It was
1: the severity of Holmes's manner, and the fact that he slipped a revolver into his pocket before leaving her rooms, which impressed me with a feeling that tragedy might prove to lurk behind this curious train of events. Holmes and I walked along the broad, sandy road,
0: uh,
1: inhaling the fresh morning air and rejoicing in the music of the birds and the Uh fresh breath of spring. We could see the grim hall bristling out from amidst the ancient oaks. We stood on the stretch of road where the solitary bicyclist had followed Miss Smith. Look, Watson, there! Far away, a black dot, we could see a vehicle moving in our direction.
0: I had given a margin of half an hour. If that is her trap, she must be making for the earlier train. I fear, Watson, this should be past Charlington before we can possibly meet her. Well, then, let's hurry then. No! Too late, Watson! Look! Look! What is it? House! Oh, wait for me! Oh! Oh, the trap Holmes, It's empty! But oh, where is Miss Smith? Fool that I was not to allow for that earlier trade is abduction, Watson! Abduction! Murder! Heaven knows what! Block the road! Stop the horse! Whoa. <laughs> well done, Watson. That's right. Now jump in and let's see if I can repair the consequences of my own blunder.
2: Yuck.
0: Come on there! Let's go! Back along the road! Oh,
1: Look out! There, coming our way. That's the man, the cyclist.
0: He's seen us and he's turning around. Hey, you! Stop! Stop! There's nothing for it, Watson, but to follow that cyclist. Look out, Holmes! He has a pistol. Oh, whoa, whoa! Steady there! Whoa! (laughs) No, 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 He's disappeared into the shrubbery! Holmes, Oh, we'll never find him! Look, look at the branches there, swaying the opposite way to the wind. Keep an eye on them, Watson. That's where our man is moving. We'd better follow on foot. But be careful, Watson. That man intends to use that pistol. He certainly looks very determined. Through this course here, Watson, follow the trees! Oh, look, look, look! He's abandoned his bicycle! Um, This way, I think. Yes. Oh Yes, there he is. Up ahead
2: there.
0: Miss Smith. I hope we're not too late. I fear, Watson. I fear.
1: Look, Holmes. A wedding ceremony. Careful, Watson. Be very, very careful. Following our strange cyclist, we broke suddenly into a lovely glade of green sward, surrounded by ancient trees. On the farther side of it, under the shadow of a mighty oak, there stood a singular group of three people. One was a woman, our client, Miss Smith, struggling violently with a handkerchief around her mouth. Opposite her stood a brutal, heavy-paced red moustache young man, Mr. Woodley. The elderly clergyman, Williamson, had evidently just completed the wedding service and slapped the sinister bridegroom on the back in jovial congratulation. The loathsome Woodley was married to Miss Smith. (laughs) You can take your beard off, Bob. I know you right enough. The stranger tore a false beard off, and I realised we were looking at Mr Carruthers. He and the cyclist had been one and the same all along. Well,
0: Bob, you and your pals have come just in time for me to be able to introduce you to Mrs. Woodley. Yes,
1: I am, (laughs) Bob Carruthers. I'll see this woman right here if I have to swim for it. I told you what I'd do if you molested her, and by the Lord, I'll be as good as my word. You're too late, Carruthers. She's my wife. No, Woodley. She's your widow.
0: Enough of this. This revolver is loaded, and I'm not afraid to use it. I don't think you actually want to use yours again, now do you? Drop the pistol, Carruthers, if you please. We'll have no more violence. Come, hand it over. Who who are you then? My name is Sherlock Holmes. Good Lord. You've heard of me, I see. I will represent the official police until their arrival. Watson, take the horse and trap and get to Farnham Police Station and tell the superintendent there to get here as fast as he can. Uh, Pick up that pistol, Watson, please. How's our patient?
1: No, he'll live, he'll live, he'll live.
0: Uh, You you all right, be all right here, Holmes? Yes, I I can detain them under my personal custody until he arrives. Now, let's take this (laughs) off your mouth, shall we, Miss Smith?
2: Oh, oh, Mr. Holmes, thank you, thank you. They put a gun you to You mustn't
0: upset yourself, Miss oh. Smith. It's all over now.
2: Oh. Hurry, Watson, fly like the wind.
0: The, the Holmes, look out. Carruthers, he's making a break. Stop, stop, I say. Mr.
2: Holmes, that path leads to the cliffs and the mill waterfall.
0: Stay here, Watson. I'll try and catch him.
2: I will get the police, Mr. Holmes. I can drive the horse and trap.
0: Of course you can. <laughs>
1: Carruthers!
2: <laughs>
0: Carruthers! <laughs> Don't be silly, man! Don't be silly! Come away from that edge! If yeah, I had my chance again, I'd finish that man Woodley!
1: Do you tell me that that girl, that angel, is to be tied to Roaring Jack Woodley
0: for life? You need not concern yourself about that, Mr Carruthers! But you saw they were married! Believe me, on close examination, it will be discovered to have been obtained by by very dubious means! That clergyman Williamson was once defrocked, and is therefore no longer in an official position to marry anyone. A forced marriage is no marriage at all, but a very serious <laughs> felony. As he will discover over the next ten years. When I thought of all the precaution I'd taken to shield this girl. You would have done better to keep that pistol in your pocket. Oh, I love her, Mr Holmes, I had to protect her. Following her on a bicycle in disguise, for instance. And knew these rascals were lurking, so I had
1: to see she came to no harm. I wore the beard so she wouldn't recognise me. Why didn't you just tell
0: her of the danger, man?
2: Well, because
1: then she would have left me and I couldn't bear to face that. Even if she couldn't love me, it was, it was a great deal just to see her about the house and, and and to hear the sound of a voice
0: after Miss Smith, an empty house would have been too much. You call that love, Carruthers? Well, I should call that selfish now. Well, maybe the two things go together. So you and Woodley found out his niece would inherit Ralph Smith's fortunes. That's about it, Mr Holmes. And you were aware that the old fellow would make no will? He couldn't have read nor write. Oh. So the idea was that one was to marry her and the other have a share of the plunder. And for some reason Woodley was chosen as the husband. Why was that?
1: We played cards for her on the voyage. He won! How highly
0: despicable.
1: Yes, Mr. Holmes, I am ashamed. Playing cards for a human being.
0: I have made a mess of everything. My daughter is off without me. Please, Mr. Carruthers, please do not move towards the falls. If you jump in, I'll try and save you. And believe me, I've had enough of waterfalls for one lifetime. It's bad for everyone if I go, Mr. Holmes! Not to your daughter! Nah. Ah, she fell without me! Mr. Carruthers! Yeah, everything I touch rots in my hands! Mr. Carruthers, I think, I think you have done everything you can to make amends for your share in an evil plot. I will do everything I can to help you. You, you will help me, Mr. Holmes! If my evidence can be of help to you in your trial, it shall be at your disposal. Let us walk away now, remember your daughter loves you. Uh, Miss Smith will be grateful to you for your quest to protect her on her lonely cycle rides. Eventually, uh, at the very least, you have proved yourself worthy of forgiveness. I know you're right, Mr. Holmes. Ben! Ben! Give me your hand. Come on, let's make
2: amends.
0: (laughs) Good man. Thank you, Mr. Holmes. Thank you. Now, let's get that poor gal home.
1: In the whirl of our incessant activity, it has often been difficult for me, as the reader has probably observed, to round off my narratives and, and to give those final details which the curious might expect. Each case has has been the prelude to another, and the crisis once over, the actors have passed forever out of our busy lives. I find, however, a short note at the end of my manuscripts dealing with this case, in which I put it upon record that Miss Violet Smith did indeed inherit a large fortune, and that she is now the wife of Cyril Morton, the senior partner of Morton and Kennedy, the famous Westminster
2: electrician. Dear Mr. Holmes and Dr. Watson, I just wanted to say thank you. I will never forget your help and your kindness on my behalf. If you were ever in the area of the Midlands, we will be very happy to have you over.
1: Williamson and Woodley were both tried for abduction and assault, the former getting seven years and the latter ten. (laughs) For the fate of Carruthers, I I have no record, but I'm sure that his assault was not viewed very gravely by the court, since uh, Woodley had the reputation of being a most dangerous ruffian, and I think that a few months were sufficient to satisfy the demands of justice.'
0: Delightful. I once saw Wilma Norman Neruda play Mendelssohn's leader. One of my favourite pieces of music, Holmes. Yes, John. I know. I play a a, a mere trifle of her skill. She was marvellous, a female Pagamini. Marvellous. I remember you telling me on occasion. Well, that's enough of Mendelssohn for one afternoon, I think. Yeah, yeah, don't touch the violin, Watson, please. Thank you, thank you. Just leave it. I have been very obtuse, Watson. How so, eh? Well, it's this. Solitary cyclist business. It still bothers you. When in your report you said that you'd seen the cyclist, as you thought, arrange his necktie in the shrubbery, that alone should have told me all. Why the necktie? He was preparing to be Carruthers once more and not this solitary stranger on a bicycle. I should have known Carruthers and the cyclist were one and the same all along. He wears neckties, and its habit is to adjust them. I I do not know how anyone would have been able to put those two facts together at so early a time, Holmes. You forget Watson. That I'm not just anyone. <laughs> I have a certain skill in detection and it is my duty to make it work for me at appropriate times. No man alive has studied the detection of crime as I have done. If I fail there, then I fail my nature. <clears throat> Now, I was obtuse Watson, obtuse. If you say so, Holmes. However, we may congratulate ourselves upon a curious and, uh, in some respects, a unique case. Uh, a very interesting one, uh, with the right conclusion, Holmes. Indeed. Love found a way, eh? I suppose that is correct, <laughs> yes. 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 Mm. Love. It's curious in all its forms. Mm. Love of music, of a violin, of a... of a drug. Of a fiercely independent woman. Carruthers fell for Miss Smith, and why shouldn't he? It saved her, it saved him. No, you saved him, Holmes. I, well, I'm not sure he was serious in his intentions. His outlook was rather bleak, is all. Was it love that made him act,
1: Holmes, or, or guilt of putting her in that situation in the first place? Ah, uh, Let's be sentimental, shall we? And say the former. Well, I think that's a noble
0: ending, Holmes. <laughs> Now, where's my hat and coat? Where you left them, Holmes. After our jaunts in the country, I feel like a brisk and very respectable walk to a fine dining establishment in the hustle and bustle of this dear city of ours. Noise will do me good. Will you join me for supper, Watson? And good conversation along the way. I will indeed, Holmes. Always. I will indeed.